This podcast covers Unit 5A on the legislative branch for Miss Williams' American government class. The legislative branch has a lot of components to it. The first part of that structure is to understand what the work of the legislative branch does and where they do that work. In the case of the legislative branch for the entire country, they do that work in the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. There's a part of the Capitol building used for the House of Representatives and part used for the Senate. Congress has the power to do whatever is described in Article 1, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution. It's all laid out pretty detailed. The Congress is meant to be bicameral. There's two houses to that Congress, and that is a result of the Connecticut Compromise, a.k.a. the Great Compromise. The reason that this is done is because there are two houses needed in order to balance out the argument over how much representation each state gets and whether that should be based on population or if any one state should have the same amount of representation. That was how it was under the Articles of Confederation, but it was decided in this new government that they were going to do a little bit of both. So the House of Representatives has 435 reps, and that's based on the population of each state. The Senate has 100 senators, two senators from each state, and that's simply what everyone gets. So in the Senate, all states are represented equally. And in the House of Representatives, all states are represented based on their population. Now, of course, the legislative branch is the law-making body. And their job is to represent the interests of their state or of their district in situations where they are voting on legislation. Um, Those people or voters are also known as constituents. And each house has its own jobs and its own amount of responsibility to those constituents. The House of Representatives having Based on population in the Senate, these two houses offer checks on each other because they operate a little bit differently because of the numbers. And they are also able to put checks on the other branches. Examples of checks and balance situations are when Congress can override a presidential veto. They can also confirm executive appointments. So if the president appoints somebody to the Supreme Court, the Senate can approve them. Congress ratifies treaties. Um, Congress declares war and appropriates money. So they decide where the money is going and how it's going to be spent. Congress can also impeach and remove the president if they so choose based on the evidence. Although that doesn't happen quite as frequently as you might think. Uh, Other examples of checks and balances on the judicial branch. In the case of the legislative branch, they have created the lower federal courts and they can also impeach and remove judges. They can approve appointments of federal judges as well. Each congressional session lasts two years. 
they are expected to meet at least once a year. Uh, usually they meet more frequently than them. Regular sessions of Congress are typically done on a regular basis in order to make sure that the work of the government continues. Neither house can actually stop meeting until the other one approves. When Congress goes on summer break or any other holiday, they don't pass laws, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the government stops functioning at that time. Congress can also be called into a special session. This can be done by the president or either house, depending on the situation. But that's usually only done with emergencies or extraordinary circumstances. So Congress could call a special session or the president can call a special session, for example, around like the COVID vaccine or any other situation. Congress can also have what's known as a closed session. That means that the public is not allowed to listen in. It also means that news media isn't allowed to listen in. And this is usually done in situations where they're trying to find information and then present it to the public as opposed to just having all of the information out there. Terms to know when dealing with Congress. Uh, The first big one is the State of the Union. That is when both houses of Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate, are present when the president gives an annual speech to the nation. That's usually done sometime near the end of January. The next term is a quorum. That is the minimum number of people in Congress that have to be present in order for voting to occur. So you can't just have 10 senators present and take a vote. You have to have 50% plus one. So you have to have 51 senators present in order for that vote to be considered uh, as legally done. The next big term is appropriations. Appropriations is a big umbrella term for how money is managed by Congress. Um, They can spend money. They can give money to certain government agencies to do their job. They can make payments out of the Treasury. So, for example, it would be considered the job of the Appropriations Committee to approve the stimulus packages that have been sent out during Uh, lockdown and during these times of COVID. So appropriations is a big part of that. Congress is also supposed to balance the budget. That means that they're not supposed to spend money they don't have. Right? So that you're supposed to, how much money do we have? Let's just spend that. Another term that um, you'll see is known as a lame duck term. That means that between election day and inauguration day, the person who is president doesn't really do anything. They don't have any leeway because when they're going to be replaced by someone else, they don't really get a lot of stuff done. So for example, in 2016, when uh, President Obama was getting ready to leave office after the election, he didn't really do a lot of stuff. He, um, hosted events, he pardoned people, but he didn't really try and do too much work because he didn't really have a lot of sway over people anymore. 
The next big term is gerrymandering, and that's one to really pay attention to because what happens in gerrymandering, which is an awkward term to remember, is that basically a state government redraws certain voting lines so that they know that the people in their party will win. Um, Gerrymandering is, in fact, cheating. And the last big term is the filibuster. This is usually done to defeat a bill in the legislative body. Filibusters aren't used anymore, but they have, there have been some very famous ones in the past. Um, They're very long speeches. They don't actually have to be about anything in particular. You could read from the phone book, technically speaking, when you're doing a filibuster, but you're not allowed to ever sit down unless someone is asking you a question. A lot of that terminology is very specific to Congress because, again, these are jobs that only Congress does. 